Welcome back to Top 5 Disco. I'm Josh. And I'm Adam. And we are back delving deeper into the discography of Weezer. Before we begin, if you're a fan of the show, please take a second to subscribe and rate the podcast. We love to keep Top 5 Disco going and growing, and your support and engagement will help make that happen. Last week, we discussed the band's dog of a seventh album, Ratitude, and this week we're going to talk about their quick follow-up and independent release, Hurley. Here we go. So after Ratitude came out, I'm actually pretty sure they barely toured on it. They barely played any live concerts. I don't know what that means. I don't know if there was public backlash because I really think even music critics are like, what the fuck is happening to Weezer? Like, should we be concerned? Like, what is going on with this band? I don't know if that coincides with their split from Geffen. Right. I wonder if Geffen was just like, what the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> Get yeah. off my roster. Yeah. I don't know. Or maybe they wanted to experiment more and wanted the independence. I don't know. They uh, left Geffen. Um, or they broke off with Geffen. I think they were shopping around their album and actually got signed to Epitaph Records, which yeah. is so weird to me. Epitaph, is that weird to you? It is very weird to me. Epitaph Ep- does a lot of pop punk and whatnot. Yeah, and I, yeah I don't know why, because you're you right. Were, you were and saying, special goodness you, you were, were saying, on Epitaph. Really? Yeah. Oh, I guess that makes sense because of the, the punk, punk yes. mixes. And you were saying, does it make sense that Weezer and Liquid A2 go hand in hand? I definitely see similarities in vibe. It's totally not the same type. Yeah. And there are moments when Weezer gets kind of pop punky. It's definitely not their main right, shtick, right, right. but like, I guess you're right. So, I but it is it. weird. Like a, a record label that I really, really enjoy. Um, you know, I'm not huge on this stuff anymore. But I was really into like Bad Religion, No Effects, Pennywise, yeah. all this Motion City soundtrack, Epitaph, Epitaph Records for I'm the Movie. Is Millen Collin on? Millen Collin, yep. yeah. <laughs> um, not just I'm the Movie on all their. Uh, almost all their albums, uh, Motor City Soundtrack. But uh, so Weezer signs to Epitaph Records and puts out their next album. Again, these are in a row. 2008 Red Album, 2009 Ratitude, 2010 Hurley. <laughs> so there is something about Weezer's discography that kind of debunks my theory about, you know, a band should not, or like usually a band, if they put an album out a year after another one, that album will not be good because you go from green to maladroit and like that is like very different. And then also you go from maladroit to make believe three years, they came out with something really, really shitty. (laughs) And even this year to year going from red to ratitude, that does show that's like, what the fuck is going on? Like you should have waited actually like take some time, make some good songs. songs. But then going from ratitude to Hurley is a step up definitely so it's not like a huge leap necessarily but it is a step up so anyway i just think it's interesting because i know i'm always saying like i'm scared when a band this puts is a, puts an definitely album a, a later, step but. up i don't love hurley we'll, we'll no. get to what we think in yeah. a second so hurley comes out september of 2010 to epitaph records co-produced by rivers himself they don't say weezer they say rivers mm. and sean everett yeah um and Sean Everett is the one who produced, or he was an additional producer on Love is the Answer, whatever that means. And they were like, that's our crowning moment. Let's get yeah. you in the production room. <laughs> I don't get it. This rose to number six. That kind of blows my mind. Um, because I guess from the strength of memories, I guess, like Ratitude was such a disappointment, not just as a fan, but commercially, I think it did not do well. Yeah. Um, so we get this album, Hurley, which is named and the artwork off of Jorge Garcia's character in Lost. Like, we yeah. were big Lost fans, but still, this didn't, like, make me go, oh, that's cool. It no, me it's went, Mimi again. What? You know what I mean? It's totally Mimi. <laughs> M-E-M-E-Y. <laughs> so this is kind of an intentional return to form rock album for Weezer. Kind of. Yeah, and it's, a, in my opinion, totally competent Good songs abound, solid collection, more rock production, but still 
Not my favorite. No. Not a ton of songs that I absolutely love. Yeah. Very few. I'm with you. Um, so it's got that sort of straightforward Weezer sound, but unfortunately to me, sometimes the production feels a little too cheap and thin. You yeah. know what I'm talking about? It, it feels... It's funny, you just mentioned this. This album feels kind of rushed to me. It feels like it could have done with some better production. Well, it's better... interesting. I guess you feel like the production was rushed, but the songwriting is better yeah, I than do. what it was on I do. Ratitude. I, it seems intentional, though, especially with like the closing track. I, I like feel they're that. going for a kind of lo-fi vibe. I just wish some of these mm. songs had better production, to be honest. Yeah. Because like the guitars don't hit as hard as I want them to compared to a bunch of other Weezer There are a lot songs. of wall of sound moments. I don't know if you agree with that. I do agree I with you. I think there was a point I where I was telling you... I sound as much. There was a point where I was telling you there's something about Hurley that definitely sounds, you know, like more produced in other records and you were like, what? And I think I phrased it wrong. I think there is something about the mixes. I agree. You're saying kind of lo-fi, but it's, I don't know. There's something about the mix where everything kind of blends together at times. It's That is not an overarching statement. It mm-hmm. definitely is a song by song basis but i don't know this is the album when i'm like always going back to like try to count the albums because they have so many fucking albums i always forget hurley you're not the only one i'm not saying i do necessarily but like we <laughs> talked about how maladroit is kind of underappreciated unknown yeah. hurley is the exact same way besides memories i don't think they've ever played the other songs isn't that crazy that's so sad i think hang on maybe once maybe unspoken one time hmm. but they they as a band have forgotten about this album i don't yeah. know what that's about i don't get it i don't either and they are collaborating with people again again i told you like it doesn't really stop so i guess from here on out we'll keep discussing who else they're writing these songs You're right with, but doesn't. that's just and again at times there are always some just one-off Weezer, uh river songs but still this album has a lot of uh, co-product, uh, yeah, co-written, co-writing songs, credits. Yeah. yeah. So why don't we get into it? Why don't we get into it? Why don't you hit hit me? Okay, hit me, hit me. <laughs> my number five song on Hurley is "Hang On." Okay, my number five is "Brave New World." What? That was always like number one Josh song. My number four song is "Memories." My number four song is "Hang On." My number three song is "Brave New World." Oh, didn't yeah. expect it to be I higher. Okay, my number three song is "Unspoken." What the fuck is happening right now? I don't know what. I don't know what's going on. Number two for me is "Unspoken." My number two song is "Runaway." <laughs> what? What? I I don't even know what else you can choose. My number what? My number what? <laughs> my number one song is "Runaway," hands down. I don't know what you put at number one. My number one song is "Memories." <laughs> <laughs> Why are you so shocked? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know why I forgot that memories. I thought memories was already on your list. That's I did not, not expect memories to be on my number my number one. That's not because that crazy to unspoken me. <laughs> and runaway have always been my favorites on this album, and I've always loved Brave New World. But memories, for whatever reason, we'll get into it. Wait, so that, we had the same top five, same songs. exact. Five. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. I was like, what other song <laughs> yeah. are you putting there? Ruling me? What? No. No. All right. First, let's start off with Adam's number five pick. My number four pick. The second single. Hang on. Some very interesting things about this song. Michael Sarah, the actor, you know, from Superbad and Arrested Development, 
is on mandolin on this song, and he does the background vocals. I'm assuming on the chorus because you can because you can kind of on, hear his uh, like little kind of whiny voice what a or whatever weird you combo. Say. And there's the instrument called the hurdy gurdy, which the is hurly gurly, <laughs> the hurdy gurdy, yeah. which is played by Tony Berg, whoever that is. But it's interesting; those two instruments together create that string sound that you hear in the interludes in I love it. I yeah, think it sounds really I like cool it too. for them. Uh, it is it's it all sort of the experimentation that they're layers continuing with. on top of that Weezer crunch. And again, it's still kind of a more of a lo-fi crunch than their normal like let's say even pork and beans would be yes. their last one. But but yeah, it's got cool instrumentation. I love Rivers' vocal performance Me on this song. Too. They're so passionate. Yeah. And I keep talking about whether it's Angel of the One or I'm sure a bunch of other songs that I can't remember right now. All of these sort of ascending vocal, like in terms of literally the melody is going up and up and up, or also the passion is going up and up and up. But I love the someday I'll be coming for you. You'll know what I'm wanting to do. I'll know the words to say to draw you in so close to me. It's a great melody. And, and then over and over, he sings it over and over and over again. I love sort of pairing that like... I yeah. love the lyric, just like I'm solar, you warm up to me. Yes. That's a cool lyric. I agree. You know what's funny? I actually used to think it was just like just like warm soda, you warm up <laughs> to so me. I'm so glad it's not, because <laughs> that totally too. could be, yeah. totally could be with um, ice cream and all that shit. The final oct- high octave, hang on! I love that. Yeah. But you're missing like the chorus, which is the <laughs> okay. best part of this song. Do you disagree? No, I love it. As soon as Pat hits that thwap, boom, hang on till I... S-. There's something so addictive about this melody and the harmony. I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's great. I don't even... I, I try not to think about it because there is something I keep going back to. I'm like, I I just got to keep listening to that the song. Weezer I, Crunch. It's, I got, just... it's not even Weezer Crunch. I mean, to me, it's literally the song <laughs> breakfast cereal. <laughs> There is something about those harmonies, that melody. It's just addictive. I I really love it. This was sort of fighting. This and Brave New World and Memories were all kind of like, where is everything going? I don't know. Ooh, Brave New World went up for you. That's oh, wild. Oh, it did. It, it really did, cool, actually. Cool. Um, yeah, so we can move on. But I, I like Hang On. Yeah, it's great. All right, next, let's talk about my number five pick, Adam's number three pick, Brave New World. So this song was co-written with Linda Perry. That is nuts to me. Who is Linda Perry? Linda Perry. First of all, she's the one on uh, Four Non Blondes. Oh, whoa. And she has written so many, so many pop songs for like Pink, Christina Aguilera. She is like a massive songwriter. Wow. It's really cool then that she co-wrote this because I don't hear pop at all. Nor do I. That's why it's such a weird, uh, curious co-writing credit. I don't really get it. This song was always like one of the better, because this is obviously a 10-song album, split it up into five and five. This was always on the top five, but- 
I always felt like you loved this song and you were like, how do you not like I, this song? I, I was very defensive of Brave because no one talked about it. And yeah. Like no one talked about Hurley at all. But like Brave New World, I was always like such a darker, heavier sound. It's got kind of that 80s pullover from the smart girls from the song before that 80s uh, influence, but it's still heavy. It's so heavy, dark and doomy. Yeah. I love that riff, especially when it comes in at the end, but I guess we'll get to that in a second. It's a very cool song that, again, I think every single part is good. Not even necessarily they're all great, but it's one of those like hold me kind of songs where like everything I think works really well together and has its place and purpose in the song. They, they do some cool things like something as simple as the kind of pizzicato string and piano plucks yeah, in the yeah, verses. Yeah, yeah. That's really cool. I like that melody too. It feels very kind of 80s goth rock. Yeah. I've been scared to make a move. So much left for me to prove. Guess it's time for me to show what I've got. And then this like key change into the chorus, which I'm curious. Did I make this go further on your list when I said this reminds me of this is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. <laughs> I forgot you told me that so I didn't think about that, no. <laughs> because it is this nice melody that feels familiar in a wrong way and maybe it's just this the dawning kind of part and I'm harking that back to uh, Age of Aquarius from Hair, <laughs> the musical, but I don't know. Put that aside, I like that sort of arcing melody of this is the dawning of a brave new world. You know what we don't often hear is that hi-hat beat, that super fast. I'm glad you brought that up because that's all over this record. Yeah. That's on Ruling Me Too yeah. and Memories. It's like, and you know what's interesting is that on Everything Will Be All Right in the End, this is not disco. That beat is not disco, but it is the most disco they get. And in the song Back to the Shack, he says, I forgot that disco sucks because he's talking about changing up their sound. Maybe I'm giving too much away but still i'm wondering if it's related to something on this album i never album. got that lyric because i was like they don't have any disco songs but i hear but you what you're what saying I mean? that. yeah like, this is like the closest they get yeah, to disco that hi-hat beat totally um going to the flat six chord which is the one they go on and i don't know where i'm going it's so odd and off and i really like that and the bridge is also good if only we'd open our eyes and see. And I love the, whoa, whoa. It's so climactic. And it goes back to the chorus. And I think my favorite part of the song, I mentioned it earlier, is when he goes back into that riff part of, I'll know I can figure it out. Yeah. It's so hard. They you don't rock. hear they you don't hear them rock that this hard song. and doomy. Yeah. It's even kind of different than Maladroit because there's some maybe it's because of that hi hat well, beat. It's doomy and fast. That's it's the two of those yeah. things together, which yeah. they don't often do together. It's cool. It's a cool song. Not like one of their best, but on this I album, really, I really definitely, definitely I'm glad an interesting one. Such a big song for you. That's yeah. great. That's great. All right, next let's talk about my number three pick, Adam's number two pick, Unspoken. Talk about experimental. This song is crazy. I'm so, so it's glad. so refreshing. You see, for me, I am just so glad Unspoken and Runaway are songs in their catalog because I find them to be great and different. I mean, especially Unspoken. Unspoken is so different. 
I love, we're going back to almost uh, burnt jam in terms of the jazzy voicings on guitar and the it's strumming. on acoustic. Yeah. Yeah. And this nice kind of looping melody. His voice morning, sounds different. Every day, it's like I'm hoping for a chance to get away. His voice sounds like lighter and floaty. I like what he's doing with yes. his voice, especially for this song. It's it not even cool that. And it's, different. It's also raw. Yeah, he's like in the sun, in the sky. He's kind of going back to the butterfly. It's, it's actually the lo-fi part of this album that I like. I really like the dynamic of unspoken. Especially, we'll get to the end. But yes. uh, oh man. Um. The fact that there is all this percussion, flute, strings the f- come in. The flutes come in. I love I that sort it. of that so trill. Cool. And the string section, you rarely hear a real string uh, section on a Weezer album. And it's so nice what it's they're cinematic. doing. It, it is cinematic. Sounds, it's so different. Yeah, like, what is this yeah. song for them? This is like so, this could be a Red Album song in terms of like, what are they doing? That's a good point. And I love the, just, they're literally, he's literally going down a minor scale, the... And if you take this away, I think it's from a great me. descending course. It, it sounds is. really dark. It is, yeah. and it's a great contrast to the every morning, every day. It's like the loopy and lighter. I love the contrast is so good, and the lyric. And I hate what you do when your poison seeps through and you're laughing at me. That is so Pinkerton. That Ooh. is so Pinkerton. That is so dark yeah. and like personal. I also love his voice on that. And you're laughing at me. Yes. This song is about Rivers, the feelings of a loss of freedom from getting married, which again is just like, it's one of those trying to, I don't know if this is like the same as Across the Sea coming to terms with it, but I like this very Getting personal, your feelings out on record. Yes. And just specifically, you know, the lyric that I was just saying, it just, it feels, this is, I don't know what he's talking about with make believe. This is honest. This is like going back to personal lyrics. Anyway, the best part about this song is the contrast. The contrast, again, we were talking about, there's contrast between the loopy uh, verse melody and then I guess you could say the softer even chorus melody which is a little more doomy and even straight and it goes down that contrast and then the contrast of just in general this extremely percussive experimental string flute jazzy acoustic chords part and then the hardest they have rocked in I don't know how long so even long. harder than Brave New World definitely this is like going back to Maladroit era you have to hear yes. this band rock This is one of the so most satisfying good. climaxes yes. of of this album for sure. Yes. Some other, oh man, I just love. It starts off this beautiful acoustic song and then unleashes into the one of the heaviest songs they've done. It's so cool. It's great. Like this is so, also such a I'm random. Re- I'm album. regretting some of my rankings. Yeah, this should be a little higher and uh, memories a little uh, lower. But great song. This is a great song. So on that note, let's next go to Adam's number four pick. My number one pick: the first lead single, Memories. Back there, back there, all the memories. How can we make it back there, back there? 
starts out with this cliche fell in love without you yeah. orchestra tune up. Don't need just that. like that. Yep. But cool song. Really cool song. I love the gritty, punky, rough and raw. I don't know. It's like a barn burner. I really feel. I mean, you talked about, um, I forgot what was the song that feels like everyone's together chanting. This kind of feels like that too. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. sort of everyone's singing oh, absolutely. along together. I love, they're going back to their sort of gang vocals. The verses in this song, he sounds so manic, which I love. And also great lyrics, pissing in plastic cups before we went on stage, playing hacky sack back when Audio Slave was still rage. I like that. Lyric, Watching yeah. all the freaky Dutch kids vomit, then have sex, listening to techno music on the bus while we earned our checks. Yeah. He just sounds interesting again. And I don't know. To me, the reason why it was so high, and maybe I'm regretting it a little bit because mm. Unspoken is so fucking good. <laughs> but you definitely put this above Runaway. The, we'll the, reason, away, the, we'll the reason why this rose to the top for me this is never my top song it yeah. will always run away and unspoken the best I don't know why I don't know why but especially now the chorus is just hitting me the, the chorus, chorus the best part for feels sure. like nostalgia in music form and I they agree. do such a not despite the lyrics something about that da, 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 yeah, I agree a hundred percent like gets in my heart the, I don't because know there's why. something about that melody which feels like a memory. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly right. So and that's singing of like familiar sounding melody using the words memories. But by the way, I, I'm not to taint this a little bit, but I <laughs> hate that lyric. Memories make me want to go back there. Like that's just not a good line. Disagree. Okay. Uh, but I, yeah, I just, when I hear this song, it makes me feel nostalgic for, for everything. And I, I just love that it perfectly encapsulates that but to me, not in a cheap way. It like does it through music and not just like, yeah, he's playing, you know, doing some cool lyrics, but he's not just like, hey, remember when the 90s were so great? Yeah. It just musically gets me. And maybe I'm reading too much into it, but again, it's all about memories. And I like that it's him rapping, rap singing, talk singing, and then it goes, it, it's just, it's like showing different like genres of Weezer. We didn't talk about, they've got the sort of Pinkerton synth in yes, the chorus. Yes. Like, we haven't heard that in so long. Yeah, this is one of those songs that I was talking about in terms of it feels kind of wall of sound, especially that chorus. And you and I have talked about how in some of Smashing Pumpkins discography, mm -hmm. there's this this like haze on it, yeah. which I kind of like at times, Everlasting Gaze. So I actually kind of like it here as well. But when it happens too many times on the album, it gets to be a little too much. But there is something about this that's just like so fuzzy and it's cool. Fuzzy is the perfect word. I really like the bridge. I think it's a great bridge. However, yeah. his little yelp at the end honestly kind of ruins wait, it for wait, me. Wait, what? Cause I'm freaking bored. No, you like that? Yes. I think it's that he says freaking and not fucking. I agree. That's the problem. I actually, when I, I was writing I'm down okay, notes, I'm I was okay like, with his pained, warbly yell, but him saying freaking bored. It's, it's awkward. Like, it's a little awkward. I don't mind it, but it's actually interesting. Until the most recent album that came out nine days ago, he has never sworn on a record. I don't know. I don't know what kind of conscious decision that was, but you know what I mean? Oh, that's right. He tweeted recently, I actually say fuck on this new record or something like that. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about it. <laughs> oh God. Black album. Yeah. Um, this song feels very Killers. Do you hear that? To be honest, I don't really know the Killers. I don't really know them that well either, but even just taking like Mr. Brightside. Yeah. That kind of chorus is so much like this chorus. There's something, and I feel like he also does some of that talk singing. Maybe I'm wrong. Feel free to let us know, because we obviously <laughs> don't know Killers that well. Another good band that we should do. Yeah. But People love them. I do. I do like that. Because I'm 
I'm freaking bored. Cause you you don't hear him scream like that in a long. You have not heard that in such a long time. So long. Like you know what? Probably Pinkerton. Oh yeah, easily. I'm tr- if I he even, even ever screams like that, like that, because everything else is just wailing. Ugh. It's yeah. no longer screaming. Right. You hear Brian do that on Greatest Man That Ever Lived. I thought that was Rivers for the longest time, but it's Brian. So I like that. A lot. You know what gets even better after the bridge? Oh this my god! Beautiful xylophone or marimba whatever they're using so pretty it's so pretty that i just want to show you the contrast mm, between please. the screaming part we were talking about and this beautifully orchestrated guitar and bell moment And the song ends with live clapping, which goes back to like Photograph and other songs of theirs. And there's something just nice about like this is very clearly, I think the sentiment of the song and the vibe of the song works so well together. It's a really nice first song on this album for sure. Great opener. Absolutely. And finally, we're going to talk about my number two pick, Adam's number one song on Hurley, Runaway. song is just like insanely such a highlight such good. a highlight i'm so i i can't i really can't believe memories is higher than this for yeah, you because this was such a like this has always been my favorite song on the album and so always. The, that one just climbed up yes yeah, something about that memories melody uh this was co-written by ryan adams whose music i love and he does such a good job here he did a great job on our last uh yes, our butterfly last in reverse from counting, counting crows. crows uh uh Hard candy. I like, you know, we talk about um, sort of the contrast between the lo-fi production, the sort of introduction lo-fi. It sounds like that was his demo. I wonder if that was his actual demo and then they turned it into this song. It's such a nice burst of guitar. Oh man. It's such a nice, like two five ones on the piano, that muffled effect. He sounds so heartfelt and pretty when he sings that. And then it builds into this song that does not sound like Weezer. No, not at all. There's actually part of it that sounds like Jaded to me by Aerosmith. Maybe it's just those... That's very jaded. So I don't know if it's the production or just that. Also, Ryan Adams is playing guitar on this. And I think he is the noodling guitar in your right ear. That is everything throughout the entire song. So so good. There's so, so many great chord changes in this yes. song. Is it us making love in the Milky Way? Do, do. Oh Long my before God. you threw it, it all What is away. that? What kind of chord is that? It's a. It's just a minor chord. Oh, it sounds I'm pretty so sure. Good. I haven't actually gone to the piano, but I'm pretty sure so it's just good. the four minor chord and that sort of bluesy threw it all away. Oh my you, God. Running out of time, and that doogum battle. I love that chorus so much. Yeah, here's one sad thing about that chorus. So I was obsessed with this song. This was always my number one on Hurley. Uh, this kid come out when I was uh, in college, yeah. and every I'm not kidding. This is kind of a, f- a funny thing, uh, but so many exams that I was taking in school, I would have the lyric, "You're running out of time." Ooh. 
in my head. I don't and know it if it's fuck just me up. Maybe you have told me that before okay. because there, you said that, and I was like, wait, I think the same thing happened to me during an exam in college. But I think you might have told me that. <laughs> I, it would literally be over when I would be like stressed about running out of time in my exams. I, I would hear this song, which was anyway. But outside of that, it is such a warm, beautiful chorus, and I love the ooze. That brings it back to that sort of yes. Beach Boys weezer. I, 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 that might also be Ryan Adams yeah. doing the ooze, oh, and I love locally. that. I just want to run away from here with you. And then you get the, you go back to those intro chords of tonight. Oh, I wish. Oh my God, this song. It goes back to another chorus. And then the outro is everything. what's really cool about this song is that they end with the verse melody they don't resolve into the chorus you think they're gonna go for one last chorus and they don't they hold back but it's not even the verse they're going back to the intro you're right you're right you're right but but doesn't it it feels feels like it could launch into a final chorus and it doesn't yeah i think that's smart songwriting there's something that reminds me of the outro of death and destruction with this do you know what i mean i'd have to think about it well, Death and Destruction is the I-L-O-V. Oh, yeah, 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 It's like, yeah. it's the big build, but the chords are What's always the drums, changing. The drums pounding. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. They, it's just, it's so nice. I mean, just, oof, listen to this song. All right, now that we've gone through our top five from Hurley, let's quickly go through the rest of the tracks. We already talked about the uh, first single and opening track, Memories. That goes right into Ruling Me. This was co-written with Dan Wilson, the guy from Semisonic, who wrote I don't know who Closing Time. Oh, what? Yeah, and he's on a couple other later songs as well. Oh, I didn't know that that's he co-wrote with. Uh, immediately poppy, peppy, fun, bouncy, energetic song. Um, that being said, I don't like the chorus of this song at all. And it kind of ruins it for me. No, it almost feels, in terms of the structure, like let it all hang out, in terms of out with my homies. In the rain, in the well, snow. I mean, in terms it feels of the, like a kid's song. You can think of all night long. Yeah, not that great. I love the line. We first met in the lunchroom. My op- my ocular nerve went pop, pop zoom. zoom. I love that. That's so nerdy, but yes. in a cool way. Absolutely. Sweet lady, don't play me. If I'm a knob, don't fade me. <laughs> I like that in terms of just like mixing knobs, that kind of thing. There's cool drumming and fills, but this is a good song. I don't, I don't think it's that great. This bridge is one of the worst bridges ever. <laughs> And again, I think it's a good, it's good, especially with a, a catalog like Weezer's, it's good for us to show you mostly some of the, the great stuff, but I need to show you some of just the really shitty stuff like this bridge. Robotic. I'm not kidding anymore. This love hurts. That's for sure. And the worst is, I feel you. I see you. I need you. It's like such a shitty bridge. 
It's so it's shitty. It's out of nowhere, too. It doesn't even it, feel like it fits it's in It's one of those... It's just, in general, one of those bridges that doesn't feel like it fits with the song, and the bridge itself is just garbage. Yeah. Garbage. Not great. Then the next song is Trainwrecks, which was co-written by Desmond Child. This song is sort of slower. It feels like a kind of like an important call to arms, uplifting song. I feel like I should like this song more than I do. Why? I don't know. It feels, this to me feels, feels like a cliche Hoobastank Snow Patrol kind of song. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> the Snow Patrol fans are going to be on your ass. Uh. Uh, I don't know. I feel like lyrically he's trying to get at something like we're all, you know, train wrecks. We'll be okay in the end. I feel like I like what he was going for, but I don't like the song. I don't enjoy listening to this song. I don't It's kind either. of a slog. It, it's definitely a slog. Yeah. Uh, something interesting to point out lyrically, and I relate this to their discography trajectory maybe that's not at all what he was going for but people love to tell us what to do someday we'll cut our critics down to size we fall but then we rise that's the story of our lives we are train wrecks like yeah you are fucking train wrecks (laughs) (laughs) you know what line i hate in this what's that we don't update our blogs it just I don't know why I've got this thing where I, I do too. things that are dated tech yes, references. Absolutely. But you know what I would think about? Like back in the sixties when people were singing about I'm trying to think of a new technology that just came out. Like a telephone? That wasn't in the sixties though. <laughs> that, that had been out for a long time. But you know what I mean? Like the concept of singing about even like what was the first song that mentioned a CD instead of a record? Like I wonder if at that time it felt kind of weird. And I maybe it's similar to now. There's but a hearing song. them talk about blogs and like Yes. I don't know. Uh, I absolutely agree. There is a song on their most recent record that talks about Netflix options. Yeah. Kill Me. Yeah. There is a song on the White Album, which is two albums from now, where I'll talk about it at, during that song as well, but he says something about Boy in a Bubble saying I love you. I love because that's like you that could be it's anything way better. but it's such a good way of talking about a text but yeah. you're not saying texting I text on my you. cell phone. Yeah, exactly. It's like I hate right. that shit it's, too. It's bad. I'm, I'm so it's with bad you. Lyricism. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Then we already spoke about unspoken but we did not speak about Where's My Sex. Where's Somehow my a song sex. that was co-written by another human being. I don't get that part. <laughs> uh Greg Wells. Uh this is this is one of the biggest what the fuck moments of their career. Awful. It is. It's a joke that you don't know is a joke until you figure it out, and yes. then you don't laugh. I didn't know that this was about socks. That's the whole joke. The whole joke of the song is his daughter accidentally called socks sex. Is that and, true? And he thought it was funny. Oh, I didn't even and know made that was an the entire backstory. song where he's like, "I left my sex in the drawer. It's down." It's like, oh what the God. fuck is he even talking about? But honestly, honestly. No joke. Take all the lyrics out. Still a garbage bad, song. Bad garbage song. song. It's honestly one of the worst choruses they've ever written. They've ever written. Where's my sex? I thought it was here. The only under the, br- that, the only that's like, quote that's like, unquote. That's like we are all on drugs level bad. Yeah. The only quote unquote like redeemable part of the song yeah. is the post chorus. The outro post chorus. Absolutely. I can't go out without my sex. I'm go- I know. Even <laughs> just singing it, it's like it. I'm trying to sing it earnestly, but you just can't. Where's my sex? I thought it was here under the bench, but it isn't there. I've got no idea where it disappeared to. I'm running late. I can't be late. I can't go out without my sex. It's cold outside and my toes get wet. And people will think I'm an alien just cruising in to make a friend. What the fuck? It makes no sense. And it's... then it goes into 
the bridge, which for a second is like, this kind of sounds like cool. dope nose. Yes. I'm like, what yes. is this? And then, baby, can you hear me? Like his voice literally sounds so bad. It has sa- potential. Sa- it is a cool, like a Weezer sounds, swing. Yes. And then one of my least favorite parts ever is going back into the- It's the worst it transition. An awful, awful transition. It, awful. It, it feels not only cut and paste, but it is like- it feels like something's missing. Like, it literally feels like they fucked up the song. Once again, I have to play this for you. People can't hear me talking. I know you all are happy talking. Could you lend me a time? Pretty please. Brother, sister, got time. I got no sex on my feet. Sex in my drawers. Sex in my shoes. Or sex on my floor. Where's my sex? This whole... Sex on my feet, sex in my drawer. Do you know the episode of Bob's Burgers where Hugo, the health inspector, becomes a nudist? So yes. there's someone else who comes in and starts like he starts playing in the restaurant. He's like, you're good at sex. I'm bad at sex. You're good at sex. I'm bad at sex. That's what this is. It's just like, stop saying sex, please. It's, it's not funny. It's not funny. It's so cringeworthy. It's an inside joke that he had with his family. And somehow we have to bear the burden yeah. of that our entire rest of our life. Like uh, On an album that has run away and unspoken. Like this uh, comes right after it's unspoken. In, it's in between them. It, <laughs> Where's my sex? Is bookended by just unspoken another, and run like, away. What the fuck? Awful it's, song. It's like just there to remind us that they're still fucking Weezer in the bad way. Yeah, like they're still those guys. Like who, we we get it. We get it. You you're kind of quirky nerdy, but this is not that. This is like so taken to a bad level. So frustrating. After Where's My Sex, we already talked about Run Away, Hang On. Then we've got Smart Girls. Smart Girls, written by co-written by one of the guys from No Doubt, Tony Canal, yeah, and he, Jimmy Harry. He's the, he I don't know. The, uh, he's the bass, the bass player. player. Yeah, um, this feels like a Mambo Number no. Five for Smart Girls, and I don't love it. That's oh, okay. I know what you mean. I when was he's like, just sort what of are you listing about? off I get it. the yeah, girls. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, it actually reminds me of a a much much shittier version of Tired of Sex. You know what I mean? Oh, in terms of the talk- Tuesday night. Yeah, Jen, yeah. Oh, then it's, it's, it's like so different. That. I'm just like it's so dumb and, and yet, goofy. At the same time, catchy, that's though. the better part of the song to it's me. Ca- oh, absolutely. <laughs> Tina, Donna, yeah. And they're just like in terms of the chords that are going. I kind of like the make me lose my mind. Yes, mind. yes. But uh, I don't know. There's there's a cool guitar solo, and I realize there's no guitar solos on this entire yes. album. Isn't that so, interesting? Yeah, I don't know why. For for their back to basics quote unquote album, it's like they just stripped that part out. It's it's very much a transitional kind of. It's it's like this compared to I can much more see the similarities between this and Ratitude than this and Everything Will Be Alright in the End. But still, it's sort of a transitional it album is. back to because that's the back to basics. Back to the album shack, for absolutely. sure. Back to Shaq. Yeah. Back to Shaq. Shaquille <laughs> O'Neal. <laughs> He says, on the floor, in the car, on the seat, at the bar, on a bus, on a train, on a boat, on a plane. He's fucking quoting Green Eggs and Ham (laughs) in this song. (laughs) This song is so... It's like he's taking lyrics from his daughter and incorporating them into his albums. And as sweet as that is in theory, it does not work In the chorus, smart girls never get enough. It just, it's so silly. It, yeah, it's bad. Yeah. Bad. We already spoke about the penultimate song, Brave New World. And then we get The Closer, co-written by Mac Davis, kind of an old school songwriter who would write for Elvis. Folky country. Yeah. Okay. This 
to me is a bummer because I know I said I kind of like the lo-fi demoness of, you know, uh, yeah. they do this in Runaway, they do it in Unspoken. It really hurts this song. I think this song really suffers. They like overly tried to make it sound shitty. I don't get it. I don't fully agree. I don't yeah. think it's the production that that kills it. I actually don't mind the production. If the whole song was great, I sounds think it like still would have been a great song. It sounds song. like it literally sounds bad. I like, like it. I like it. I like the demo quality of it. Mm, it's not even demo. It honestly feels like they're trying to make it sound bad. Well, That's they clearly not, are. Like, how could how could anything sound this bad? It sounds like it's like was recorded on a tape recorder in a briefcase, and then they recorded that recording. Like it literally sounds I bad. I don't mind it. I don't mind that. I don't love the song. I think the verses are kind of cool. The acoustic lick is very cool. This totally, in along with the production, reminds me of Led Zeppelin. And I don't even know Led Zeppelin that well, Whoa, I don't but I that. do know that that the type of Zeppelin that's more like going to California. Oh yeah, and, and Led Zeppelin three is all sorts of that stuff. I do not like the kick drum beat. It really bothers me. Is it just boom, boom, boom? It's just nothing like, hey. but boom. It's, it annoys me. It's It never changes. And I think I wish it didn't have it. This to me is like a, a missed opportunity because I actually kind of like the song underneath, but I don't, I don't like, like the, the production. Chorus. I don't the chorus, like, really. Time flies when you're having fun. Time flies when you're on the I run. like the end of it. The more I, the more I realize. That is something. That is something. Oh, some and I don't melody. know what it okay. is. Yeah, the only thing that I really picked out of this is the lyric, and it's not even an incredible lyric. I just like it when musicians talk about this. Some some sad day they'll be taking me away, but I won't be dead, because even when I'm gone, this stupid damn song will be in your head. It's just that sort of idea yeah, of heart music lives in the garage. On. Well, that's interesting. Little three chord me. Yeah, I like when oh, he talks man. about songwriting. What three random? We've, we've got three completely we've gone different. So songs. many places with this band. Thanks for staying with us. Yeah, seriously. And that was Hurley, the last of their sort of three albums in a row, year, 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 08, 09, 10, 010, if you will. <laughs> All um, different types of... Exp it's actually interesting that I never put two and two together that all three are one year after the other. And obviously Red is so experimental, but they all have elements of that. Totally. They're playing around in the studio. They're having fun. Sometimes it does not work at all. Sometimes it is unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> but basically the band kind of retreats for a second. They do something that normally I would uh, question a little bit. They went on what they called the Memories Tour, named after the song Memories, but they weren't playing Hurley songs. Like I said, I don't think outside of the song Memories they played have played any Hurley songs. That is crazy to me. That is crazy. But what they, they basically did was played Blue Album and, and Pinkerton in full with, with scattered hits afterwards or beforehand as a tour first of all just as a fan of those albums i cannot believe i missed it i know andy saw the saw that show yeah. um, our friend josh also saw that show um can't believe i didn't see that show but it is kind of a little like oh they're now they're realizing like they are in on a the concept band not it's almost like they uh, are agreeing with the fans that blue and pinkerton were the only ones that mattered hmm. that that like rubs me the wrong way and yet those are the best albums, and it led us to the next album. Thanks for listening to Top 5 Disco, part 8 in our in-depth discussion, dissection, debate, and analysis of Weezer's entire discography. Now that we've discussed the rockin' but rushed 8th album, Hurley, tune in next week where we explore their ambitious return with their concept album, Everything Will Be Alright in the End. But before that, we want to know your thoughts, your opinions, and your personal top fives for Weezer. 
What are your top five favorite songs on Hurley and why? What do you think about Weezer releasing albums so close to one another? Do the songwriting collaborations work better on this record? Where's my sex? Where's your sex? Reach out and let us know. You can support us and help Top 5 Disco grow simply by subscribing to this podcast so you can get the new episodes as soon as they come out. And you can find and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Top 5 Disco for behind-the-scenes goodies and an easy way to connect. Also, rating and reviewing Top 5 Disco on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen is always appreciated. And don't forget to tell your music-loving friends and family all about us. Thank you so much again for listening. Tune in next time. And remember, it's really all disco.